Hi, everybody. Carla here, and welcome back to another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have for you today Act 3 of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Now, I hope you're enjoying the story so far. Thanks again for joining me, and please stay tuned. Act 3, Scene 1. Enter Mercutio, Benvolio, Mercutio's page, and others. Benvolio. I pray thee, good Mercutio, let's retire. The day is hot, the Capulet's abroad, and if we meet, we shall not escape a brawl. For now, these hot days is the mad blood stirring. Mercutio. Thou art like one of those fellows that, when he enters the confines of a tavern, claps me his sword upon the table and says, God send me no need of thee, and by the operation of the second cup, draws it on the door when indeed there is no need. Benvolio. Am I like such a fellow? Mercutio. Come, come, thou art as hot a jack in thy mood as any in Italy, and as soon moved to be moody, and as soon moody to be moved. Benvolio. And what two? Nay, and there were two such. We should have none shortly, for one would kill the other. Thou, why, thou wilt quarrel with the man that hath a hair more or a hair less in his beard than thou hast. Thou wilt quarrel with the man for cracking nuts, having no other reason but because you hast hazel eyes. What eye but such an eye would spy out such a quarrel? Thy head is as full of quarrels as an egg is full of meat, and yet thy head hath been beaten as addle as an egg for quarreling. Thou hast quarreled with a man for coughing in the street because he hath wakened the dog that hath lain asleep in the sun. Didst thou not fall out with a tailor for wearing his new doublet before Easter, with another for tying his new shoes with an old ribbon, and yet thou wilt tutor me from quarreling? Benvolio. And I were so apt to quarrel as thou art, any man should buy the fee simple of my life for an hour and a quarter. Mercutio. The fee simple? Oh, simple. Enter Tybalt. Petruchio, and other Capulets. Benvolio. By my head, here comes the Capulets. Mercutio. By my heel, I care not. Tybalt. Follow me close, for I will speak to them. Gentlemen, good Eden, a word with one of you. Mercutio. And but one word with one of us? Couple it with something. Make it a word and a blow. Tybalt. You shall find me apt enough to that, sir, and you will give me occasion. Mercutio. Could you not take some occasion without giving? Tybalt. Mercutio, thou consortest with Romeo. Mercutio. Consort? What dost thou make us, minstrels? And thou make minstrels of us look to hear nothing but discords. Here's my fiddlestick. Here's that shall make you dance. Zounds. Consort. Benvolio. We talk here in the public haunt of men, either withdraw unto some place private and reason coldly of your grievances, or else depart. Here all eyes gaze upon us. Mercutio, men's eyes were made to look and let them gaze. I will not budge for no man's pleasure, I. Enter Romeo. Tybalt, well, peace be with you, sir. Here comes my man. Mercutio. But I'll be hanged, sir, if he wear your livery. Mary, go before to field. He'll be your follower. Your worship in that sense may call him man. Tybalt. 
Romeo, the love I bear thee can afford no better term than this. Thou art a villain. Romeo, Tybalt, the reason, the reason that I have to love thee doth much excuse thee appertaining rage to such a greeting. Villain am I none. Therefore, farewell. I see thou knowest me not. Tybalt, boy, this shall not excuse the injuries thou hast done me. Therefore, turn and draw. Romeo, I do protest I never injured thee, but love thee better than thou canst devise, till thou shalt know the reason of my love. And so, good Capulet, which name I tender as dearly as my own, be satisfied. Mercutio, oh, calm, dishonorable, vile submission. Alla staccata carries it away. He draws his sword. Tybalt, you rat catcher, will you walk? Tybalt. What wouldst thou have with me? Mercutio, good king of cats, nothing but one of your nine lives that I mean to take bold withal, and as you shall use me hereafter, dry beat the rest of the eight. Will you pluck your sword out of this pilcher by the ears? Make haste, lest mine be about your ears ere it be out. Tybalt, I am for you. He draws his sword. Romeo, gentle Mercutio, put thy rapier up. Mercutio, Come, sir, your Posado. Mercutio and Tybalt fight. Romeo draws his sword. Draw, Benvolio, beat down their weapons. Gentlemen, for shame, forbear this outrage. Tybalt, Mercutio, the prince expressly hath forbidden bandying in Verona streets. Hold, Tybalt, good Mercutio. Romeo tries to break up the fight. Tybalt stabs Mercutio under Romeo's arm. Petruchio, away, Tybalt. Tybalt, Petruchio, and the other Capulets exit. Mercutio, I am hurt. O plague, O both your houses, I am sped. Is he gone and hath nothing? Benvolio, what, art thou hurt? Mercutio, I, I, a scratch, a scratch, Mary, tis enough. Where's my page? Go, villain, fetch a surgeon. Exit Mercutio's page. Romeo. Courage, man, the hurt cannot be much. Mercutio. No, tis not, a, tis not so deep as a well, nor so wide as a church door, but tis enough. T'will serve. Ask for me tomorrow, and you shall find me a grave man. I am peppered, I warrant, for this world. A plague of both your houses, zounds a dog, a rat, a mouse, to... A cat to scratch a man to death, a braggart, a rogue, a villain that fights by the book of arithmetic. Why, the devil came you between us. I was hurt under your arm. Romeo, I thought it all for the best. Mercutio, help me into some house, Benvolio, or I shall faint. A plague of both your houses. They have made worms meet of me. I have it, and soundly, too, your houses. Exit Mercutio and Benvolio. Romeo. This gentleman, the prince's near ally, my very friend, hath got his mortal hurt in my behalf. My reputation stained with Tybalt's slander. Tybalt, that an hour hath been my kinsman. O sweet Juliet, thy beauty hath made me effeminate, and in my temper softened valid valor's steel. Enter Benvolio. Benvolio. Oh, Romeo, 
Romeo brave Mercutio is dead. That gallant spirit hath aspired the clouds, which too untimely here did scorn the earth. Romeo, this day's black fate on more days doth depend. This but begins the woe others must end. Enter Tybalt. Benvolio, here comes the furious Tybalt back again. Romeo, alive in triumph and Mercutio slain? Away to heaven, respective lenity, and fire-eyed fury be my conduct now. Now, Tybalt, take the villain back again. That lake thou gavest me for Mercutio's soul is but a little way above our heads, saying for thine to keep him company. Either thou or I or both must go with him. Tybalt, thou wretched boy that didst consort him here, shalt with him hence. Romeo, this shall determine that. They fight. Tybalt falls. Benvolio, Romeo, away, be gone. The citizens are up and Tybalt slain. Stand not amazed. The prince will down, the prince will doom thee death if thou art taken. Hence, be gone, away. Romeo, oh, I am fortune's fool. Benvolio, why dost thou stay? Exit Romeo. Enter citizens of the watch. Citizens of the watch. Which way ran he that killed Mercutio? Tybalt, that murderer, which way ran he? Benvolio. There lies that Tybalt. Citizens of the watch to Tybalt. Up, sir, go with me. I charge thee in the prince's name. Obey. Enter Prince Montague, Capulet, Lady Montague, Lady Capulet, and others. Prince, where are the vile beginners of this fray? Benvolio. Oh, noble prince, I can discover all the unlikely manage of this fatal brawl. There lies the man slain by young Romeo that slew thy kinsman brave Mercutio. Lady Capulet. Tybalt, my cousin, oh, my brother's child. Oh, prince, oh, cousin, husband. Oh, the blood is spilled of my dear kinsman. Prince, as thou art true for blood of our shed, blood of Montague. Oh, cousin, cousin. Prince. Benvolio, who began this bloody fray? Benvolio, Tybalt, here slain, whom Romeo's hand did slay. Romeo, that spoke him fair, bade him bethink how nice the quarrel was, and urged, withal your high displeasure. And this uttered with gentle breath, calm look, knees humbly bowed, could not take truce with the unruly spleen of Tybalt, deaf to peace, but that he tilts with piercing steel, at bold Mercutio's breast, who all is hot turns deadly point to point, and with a martial scorn with one hand beats cold death aside, and, and with the other sends it back to Tybalt, whose dexterity reports it. Romeo, he cries aloud, hold, friends, friends, part, and swifter than his tongue, his agile arm beats down their fatal points, and twixt them rushes, underneath whose arm an envious thrust from Tybalt hit the life of stout Mercutio. And then Tybalt fled. But by and by comes back to Romeo, who had but newly entertained revenge, and to and to the they go like lightning, for ere I could draw to part them was stout Tybalt slain. And as he fell, did Romeo turn and fly. This is the truth, or let Benvolio die. 
Lady Capulet. He is a kinsman to the Montague. Affection makes him false. He speaks not true. Some twenty of them fought in this black strife, and all those twenty could kill but one life. I beg for justice which thou, prince, much must give. Romeo slew Tybalt. Romeo must not live. Prince, Romeo slew him. He slew Mercutio. Who now the prince of his dear blood doth owe? Montague. Not Romeo, prince. He was Mercutio's friend. His fault concludes, but what the law should end, the life of Tybalt. Prince, and for that offense immediately we do exile him, exile him hence. I have an interest in your heart's proceeding. My blood for your rude brawls doth lie a bleeding. But I'll immerse you with no strong a fine, that you shall all repent the loss of mine. I will be deaf to pleading and excuses. Nor tears nor prayers shall purchase out abuses, therefore use none. Let Romeo hence in haste, else when he's found, that hour is his last. Bear hence this blood and attend our will. Mercy but murders, pardoning those that kill. Here's a quick recap of Act 3, Scene 1 of Romeo and Juliet. We have Mercutio, Benvolio, Mercutio's page and some others. They're outside and it's this really hot day and Benvolio wants to leave because it's really hot and it's really easy to get angry on a hot day and he doesn't want to run into the Capulets and, and they all get into another street brawl. So Mercutio kind of teases him and says, you're always up for a good fight because you're always so angry. And Benvolio says the same thing about Mercutio, but he says that Mercutio is worse, that his his temper is worse. He even got into a fight with a guy because the guy had new shoes, but used old shoelaces. So as they're going back and forth about this, um, Tybalt, uh, Petruchio and their men walk up and Tybalt asked to speak to one of them. And they, they talk their bad dude talk with each other. And Tybalt says, uh, or he asks, you know, you guys hang out with Romeo and uh, Mercutio takes offense to the question and they start arguing again when Tybalt sees Romeo uh, approaching and he he approaches Romeo and he calls him a villain. But Romeo says, you know, listen, dude, I have a reason to love you. And what he means is that they're cousins now that he and Juliet are secretly married. So he says he'll let that insult slide. All he wants is peace and he's just not up for fighting. And Tybalt says, well, you remember that little prank at the masquerade. You know, you need to draw your sword. And Romeo says, I, I've never done anything to you. I need you to calm down and just be satisfied that there is no problem here. And Mercutio is just kind of boiling at this point because he doesn't like how submissive and passive Romeo is being. So he draws his own sword. And uh, Tybalt also draws his and they begin to fight. And uh, Romeo tries to break it up. He draws his sword and he tells Benvolio to draw his sword too and help him to break up this fight because it's really getting out of hand. So they fight and Romeo eventually gets in between Tybalt and, um, Tybalt and Mercutio. And Tybalt goes underneath Romeo's arm to stab at um, Mercutio and he ends up killing him. So, uh, but not be and, and he dies sometime later, but not before telling Romeo that it was his fault because he got in between them. And um, as, as he's, you know, falling and, you know, the whole scene is kind of chaotic. 
Petruchio tells Tybalt to run. And at this point, Romeo kind of realizes that his love for Juliet is making him weak. And he knows that all of this street brawl a second time, it just means that big trouble is coming. So Tybalt comes back and Romeo is like, well, enough with this mercy and kindness. And he and Tybalt fight and he kills Tybalt. Now the crowd is uh, starting to gather, but uh, Benvolio tells Romeo to run. So here now is the prince. We have the Capulets and the Montagues and this big crowd. And the prince wants to know what happened. So Benvolio relates the story, but Lady uh, Capulet, she doesn't believe it. And she says, it's all Romeo's fault and Romeo must die. So uh, Montague says that Romeo was Mercutio's friend and he actually did a good deed by killing Tybalt. And uh, so the prince ends up exiling Romeo from Verona. And he says that somebody better tell Romeo that he's a dead man if he shows his face around anywhere. And, um, you know, because Mercutio was one of the prince's kinsmen. And he says he can't pardon Romeo because there would just be even more murders on the street if he did pardon him. So that is a rough outline analysis of Act 3, Scene 1 of Romeo and Juliet. Act three, scene two, enter Juliet alone. Juliet, gallop apace, you fiery-footed steeds, toward Phoebus's lodging. Such a wagoner as Phaeton would whip you to the west and bring in cloudy night immediately. Spread thy close curtain, love-performing night, that runaway's eyes may wink, and Romeo leap to these arms untalked of and unseen. Lovers can see to do their amorous rites by their own beauties, or, if love be blind, it best agrees with night. Come, civil knight, thou sober-suited matron, all in black, and learn me how to lose a winning match played for a pair of stainless maidenhoods. Hood my unmanned blood baiting in my cheeks with thy black mantle, till strange love grow bold, think true love acted simple modesty." Come, night, come, Romeo, come thou day and night, for thou wilt lie upon the wings of night, whiter than new snow upon a raven's back. Come, gentle night, come, loving black-browed night, give me my Romeo, and when I shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun." Oh, I have bought the mansion of a love, but not possessed it, and though I am sold, not yet enjoyed. So tedious is this day, as in the night before some festival, to an impatient child that hath new robes and may not wear them. Enter nurse with cords. Oh, here comes my nurse, and she brings news, and every tongue that speaks but Romeo's name speaks heavenly eloquence. Now, nurse, what news? What hast thou there, the cords that Romeo bid thee fetch? Nurse, I, I, the cords. Juliet, I, me, what news? What dost thou, why dost thou wring thy hands? Nurse, ah, well a day. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead. We are undone, lady, we are undone. Alack the day, he's gone, he's killed, he's dead. Juliet. Can heaven be so envious? Nurse, Romeo can, though heaven cannot. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, whoever would have thought it, Romeo. 
Juliet. What devil art thou that dost torment me thus? This torture should be roared in dismal hell. Hath Romeo slain himself? Say thou but I, and that bare vowel I shall poison more than the death-darting eye of a cockatrice. I am not I if there be such an eye, or those eyes shut that make the answer I. If he be slain, say I, or if not, no. Brief sounds determine of my weal or woe. Nurse, I saw the wound, I saw it with mine eyes. God save the mark here on his manly breast, a piteous course, a bloody piteous course. Pale, pale as ashes, all bedaubed in blood, all in gore blood, I swooned at the sight. Juliet, oh, break my here poor bankrupt, break at once, to prison eyes ne'er look on liberty, vile earth to earth resign, end my motion here, and thou and Romeo press on one heavy beer. Nurse, oh, Tybalt, Tybalt, the best friend I had, O oh, courteous Tybalt, honest gentleman, that ever I should live to see thee dead. Juliet, what storm is this that blows so contrary? Is Romeo slaughtered and is Tybalt dead? My dearest cousin and my dearer lord? Then dreadful trumpets sound the general doom, for who is living if those two are gone? Nurse, Tybalt is gone and Romeo banished. Romeo that killed him, he is banished. Juliet. Oh, God, did Romeo's hand shed Tybalt's blood? Nurse. It did. It did. Alas, the day it did. Juliet. Oh, serpent heart hid with a flowering face. Did ever dragon keep so fair a cave? Beautiful tyrant, fiend, angelical. Dove feathered raven, wolf, wolvish ravening lamb despised substance of divinest show just opposite to what thou justly seemst, a damned saint and honorable villain. O nature, what hast thou to do in hell when thou didst bower the spirit of a fiend in moral paradise of such sweet flesh? Was ever book containing such vile matter so fairly bound? Oh, that deceit should dwell in such a gorgeous palace. Nurse, there's no trust, no faith, no honesty in men. All perjured, all forsworn, all not, all dissemblers. Ah, where's my man? Give me some aquavitae. These griefs, these woes, these sorrows make me old. Shame come to Romeo. Juliet. Blistered be thy tongue for such a wish. He was not born to shame. Upon his brow shame is a shame to sit. For tis a throne where honor may be crowned, sole monarch of the, of the universal earth. On what a beast was I to chide him? Oh, what a beast I was to chide him. Nurse, will you speak well of him that killed your cousin? Juliet, shall I speak ill of him that is my husband? Ah, poor my lord, what tongue shall smooth thy name when I, thee, three hours wife, have mangled it? But wherefore, villain, didst thou kill my cousin? That villain cousin would have killed my husband. Back, foolish tears, back to your native spring. Your tributary drops belong to woe, which you mistaking offer up to joy. My husband lives, that Tybalt would have been slain, and Tybalt's dead, that would have slain my husband. All this is comfort, wherefore weep I then. Some word there was worse than Tybalt's death that murdered me. 
I would forget it fain, but oh, it presses to my memory, like damned guilty deeds to sinners' minds. Tybalt is dead and Romeo banished. That banished, that one word banished, hath slain ten thousand Tybalts. Tybalt's death was woe enough if it had ended there. Or if sour woe delights and fellowship and needly will be ranked with other griefs, why followed not when she said Tybalt's dead, thy father or thy mother, nay, or both, which modern lamentations might have moved? Romeo is banished. To speak that word is father, mother, Tybalt, Romeo, Juliet, all slain, all dead. Romeo is banished. There is no end, no limit, measure bound in that word's death. No words can that woe sound. Where is my father and mother, nurse? Nurse, weeping and wailing over Tybalt's course, will you go to them? I will bring you thither. Juliet, wash they his wounds with tears? Mine shall be spent when theirs are dry for Romeo's banishment. Take up those cords, poor ropes, you are beguiled, both you and I, for Romeo is exiled. He made you for a highway to my bed, but I, a maid, die maiden widowed. Come, cords, come, nurse, I'll to my wedding bed, and death, not Romeo, take my maidenhead. Nurse, hi, to your chamber, I'll find Romeo to comfort you. I wot well where he is. Hark ye, your Romeo will be here at night. I'll tell him. He is hid at Lawrence's cell. Juliet gives the ring, gives the nurse a ring. Oh, find him, give this ring to my true knight, and bid him come to take his last farewell. And she exits. Here's a quick recap of Act 3, Scene 2. Uh, it starts off with, um, <clears throat> pardon me, Juliet, who doesn't know about the whole murder thing yet. Um, she's just been waiting for nightfall so that uh, Romeo can come to her room. But then the nurse comes and Juliet can see by her face that something is is wrong. And uh, the nurse is just kind of wailing. And uh, Juliet first thinks that, you know, maybe Romeo has died or he's been killed or something. And then she finds out from the nurse that, no, it isn't that. It's just that her husband, Romeo, did actually kill her cousin, Tybalt. And uh, Juliet is first uh, very angry with Romeo, but then she, you know, comes out of that and says, oh, he, he's my husband and I should I should support him. And um, the nurse doesn't really go for that. But, you know, the Juliet defends Romeo and says that she, you know, she is his wife and she cannot criticize him. And that if if Romeo hadn't killed Tybalt, Tybalt would have killed him. And, um, you know, she just she would just prefer to support her husband basically. So anyway, um, uh, so Juliet is going on about the fact that, you know, she can't see Romeo anymore, that he's gone forever. And then the nurse tells her, well, he isn't quite gone yet. He's with uh, Friar Lawrence. And the nurse says that she will, she comforts Juliet by telling her that she will find Romeo and that, um, she will arrange it so that they can have uh, the night together, their wedding night together before he has to go off into his banishment. So that's a quick recap of act three, scene two. Thank you. Act three, scene three, enter Friar Lawrence. 
Friar Lawrence. Romeo, come forth, come forth, thou fearful man. Affliction is enamored of thy parts, and thou art wedded to calamity. Enter Romeo. Romeo. Father, what news? What is the prince's doom? What sorrow craves acquaintance at my hand that I yet know not? Friar Lawrence. Too familiar is my dear son with such sour company. I bring thee tidings of the prince's doom. Romeo. What less than doomsday is the prince's doom? Friar Lawrence. A gentler judgment vanished from his lips, not body's death, but body's banishment. Romeo. Ha! Banishment! Be merciful! Say death! For exile hath more terror in his look, much more than death. Do not say banishment! Friar Lawrence. Hence from Barona art thou banished. Be patient, for the world is broad and wide. Romeo. There is no world without Verona walls, but purgatory, torture, hell itself. Hence banished is banished from the world, and world's exile is death. Then banished is death mistermed. Calling death banishment, thou cuttest off my head with a golden axe, and smilest upon the stroke that murders me. Friar Lawrence. O deadly sin, O rude unthankfulness! Thy fault our law calls death. But the kind prince, taking thy part, hath rushed aside the law and turned that black word death into banishment. That is dear mercy, and thou seest it not. Romeo, tis torture and not mercy. Heaven is here where Juliet lives, and every cat and dog and little mouse, every unworthy thing, live here in heaven and may look on her. But Romeo may not. More validity, more honorable state, more courtship lives and carrion flies than Romeo. They may seize on the white wonder of dear Juliet's hand and steal immortal blessings from her lips, who even in pure and vestal modesty still blush as thinking their own kisses sin. But Romeo may not. He is banished. Flies may do this, but I from this must fly. They are free men, but I am banished. And thou sayest that exile is not death? Hast thou no poison mixed, no sharp ground knife, no sudden mean of death, though ne'er so mean but banished to kill me? Banished, O oh, friar, the damned use of that word. Howling attends it. How hast thou the heart, being a divine, a ghostly confessor, a sin absolver, and my friend professed to mangle me with that word banished? Friar Lawrence. Look, fond madman, hear me speak a little. Oh, thou wilt speak again of banishment. Friar Lawrence, I'll give thee armor to keep off that word. Adversity, sweet milk, philosophy, to comfort thee, though thou art banished. Romeo, yet banished? Hang up philosophy, unless philosophy can make a Juliet displant a town, reverse a prince's doom. It helps not. It prevails not. Talk no more. Friar Lawrence, oh, then I see that madmen have no ears. Romeo, how should they, when that wise men have no eyes? Friar Lawrence, let me dispute with thee of thy estate. Romeo, thou canst not speak of that thou dost not feel. Wert thou as young as I, Juliet thy love, an hour but merry, Tybalt murdered, doting, doting like me, and like me banished. Thou mightest thou speak, then mightst thou tear my hair and fall upon the ground as I do now, taking the measure of an unmade grave. Knocking from within. Friar Lawrence, 
Arise, one knocks. Good Romeo, hide thyself. Romeo, not, not I, unless the breath of, of heartsick groans, mist-like, enfold me from the search of eyes. Knocking. Hark how they knock, Friar Lawrence, hark how they knock. Who's there? Romeo, arise, thou wilt be taken. Stay a while, stand up. Knocking. Run to my study, by and by, God's will, what simpleness is this? I come, I come. Knocking. Who knocks so hard? Whence come you? What's your will? Nurse, from within. Let me come in and you shall know my errand. I come from Lady Juliet. Friar Lawrence opens the door. Welcome then. Enter, nurse. Oh, holy friar, oh, tell me, holy friar, where is my lady's lord? Where's Romeo? Friar Lawrence, there, on the ground, with his own tears made drunk. Nurse, oh, he is even in my mistress's case, just in her case. Oh, woeful sympathy, piteous predicament. Even so, she lies, blubbering and weeping, weeping and blubbering. Stand up, stand up, stand, and you be a man for Juliet's sake. For her sake, rise and stand. Why should you fall into so deep an O? Romeo, nurse, nurse, ah, sir, ah, sir, death's the end of all. Romeo, speakest thou with Juliet? How is it with her? Doth she not think me an old murderer? Now I have stained the childhood of our joy with blood removed but little from her own. Where is she, and how doth she? And what says she, my concealed lady, to our cancelled love? Nurse, oh, she says nothing, sir, but weeps and weeps, and now falls on her bed, and then starts up, and Tybalt calls, and then on Romeo cries, and then down falls again. Romeo, as if that name shot from the deadly level of a gun did murder her as the name cursed as the name's cursed hand murdered her kinsman. Oh, tell me, friar, tell me, in what vile part of this anatomy doth my name lodge? Tell me that I may sack the hateful mansion. Friar Lawrence, hold thy desperate hand. Art thou a man? Thy form cries out, thou art. Thy tears are womanish. Thy wild acts denote the unreasonable fury of a beast, unseemly woman, and a seeming man, an ill-beseeming beast and seeming both. Thou hast amazed me. By my holy order, I thought thy disposition better tempered. Hast thou slain Tybalt? Wilt thou slain thyself, and slay thy lady that in thy life lives by doing damned hate upon thyself? Why rails thou on thy birth, the heaven and earth? Since birth and heaven and earth all three do meet in thee at once, which thou at once wouldst lose? Thee, thee, thou shamest thy shape, thy love, thy wit, which, like a usurer, abounds in all, and usest none in that true use indeed, which should bedeck thy shape, thy love, thy wit. Thy noble shape is but a form of wax, digressing from the valor of a man, thy dear love sworn but hollow perjury, killing that love which thou hast vowed to cherish, thy wit, that ornament, to shape and love, misshapen in the conduct of them both like powder in a skillless soldier's flask instead of fire by thine own ignorance and thou dismembered with thine own defense what rouse thee man thy juliet is alive for whose dear sake thou wast but lately dead there art thou happy tybalt would kill thee but thou slewest tybalt 
There art thou happy. The law that threatened death becomes thy friend and turns it to exile. There art thou happy. A pack of blessings light upon thy back. Happiness courts thee and her best array. But like a misbehaved and sullen wench, thou poutest upon thy fortune and thy love. Take heed, take heed, for such die miserable. Go, get thee to thy love, as was decreed. Ascend her chamber, hence, and comfort her. But look thou, stay not till watch be set, for then thou canst not pass to Mantua, where thou shalt live, till we can find a time to blaze your marriage, reconcile your friends, beg pardon of the prince, and call thee back with twenty hundred thousand times more joy than thou wentst for in lamentation. Go before, nurse, commend me to thy lady, and bid her hasten all the house to bed, which heavy sorrow makes them apt unto. Romeo is coming, nurse. Oh, Lord, I could have stayed here all the night to hear such good counsel. Oh, what learning is. My Lord, I'll tell my lady you will come, Romeo. Do so, and bid my sweet prepare to chide, nurse. Here, sir, a ring she bid me give you, sir. Gives Romeo Juliet's ring. He, you, make haste, for it grows late. The nurse exits. Romeo, how well my comfort is revived by this. Friar Lawrence, go hence, good night, and here stands all your state. Either be gone before the watch is set or by the break of day disguised from hence, sojourn to Mantua, I'll find out your man, and he shall signify from time to time every good hap to you that chance is here. Give me thy hand, tis late. Farewell. Good night, Romeo. But that a joy past joy calls out on me, it were a grief so brief to part with thee. Farewell. Exit. Here's a quick recap of Act 3, Scene 3. Romeo is now hiding out at Friar Lawrence's, and he is an emotional wreck. And he is throwing himself to the ground, and he's crying, and Friar Lawrence is trying to tell him to, you know, to pull himself together. And Romeo just refuses. So uh, he, Friar Lawrence tells him that the prince didn't give him a sentence of death, but that he banished him and that Romeo has to leave and go to Mantua. And Romeo sees this banishment as worse than death because he can't see Juliet. He says, you know, the flies and the bugs and the flowers and all of these things, the ants, they can have access to Juliet. They can see her and they are better than me because I'm banished and I won't be able to see her. So he is really emotionally just distraught and he's throwing himself on the ground. And then there's a knock at the door. But before that, let me say that Friar Lawrence tries to tell him that this is a, you know, a, that he's been given grace, that he hasn't been sentenced to death and that he should see banishment as not such a terrible thing because he at least gets to live and that, uh, you know, he, he won't face death. He gets to live and he wants to convince Romeo to see this as a good thing. But anyway, Romeo is not hearing any of that because he won't be able to see his Juliet. So a knock at the door and it's the nurse and uh, she uh, is coming to tell uh, Romeo that she has a ring from Juliet to give to Romeo. She has 
this ring and she wants Romeo to have it. And that calms his spirits down a little bit and he becomes uh, a bit calmer. And just before this, Friar Lawrence has this wonderful plan that he will um, allow Romeo to go and see Juliet this night, but he has to leave before morning so that he isn't caught because if he is caught, he will surely be put to death. And that Friar Lawrence will also be working on a plan in the meantime to bring the families together and to hopefully eventually allow Romeo to come back so that he and Juliet can be reunited and this can all be put behind them. So that's a very rough <laughs> recap of what happens in Act 3, Scene 3. Act 3, Scene 4. Enter Capulet, Lady Capulet, and Paris. Capulet. Things have fallen out, sir, so unluckily that we have had no time to move our daughter. Look, you, she loved her kinsman, Tybalt, dearly, and so did I. Well, we were born to die. Tis very late. She'll not come down tonight, I promise you, but for your company, I would have been abed an hour ago. Paris. These times of woe afford no time to woo. Madam, good night. Commend me to your daughter. Lady Capulet. I will, and know her mind early tomorrow. Tonight she is mewed up to her heaviness. Capulet. Sir Paris, I will make a desperate tender of my child's love. I think she will be ruled in all respects by me. Nay, more, I doubt it not. Wife, you go to her ere you go to bed. Acquaint her here of my son Paris's love, and bid her mark you me on Wednesday next. But soft, what, what day is this? Paris. Monday, my lord. Capulet. Monday. <laughs> well, Wednesday is too soon. Oh, Thursday, let it be. Oh, Thursday, tell her. She shall be married to this noble earl. Will you be ready? Do you like this haste? We'll keep no great ado. A, a friend or two. For hark you, Tybalt, being slain so late, it may be thought we held him carelessly, being our kinsmen, if we rebel much. Therefore, we'll have some half a dozen friends, and there an end. But what, what say you to Thursday? Paris. My lord, I would that Thursday were tomorrow. Capulet. Well, get you gone. Old Thursday be it, then. Go you to Juliet ere you go to bed. Prepare her wife against this wedding day. Farewell, my lord. Light to my chamber, ho, afore me it is so very late that we may call it early by and by. Good night. Exit. Scene four is a very short scene where we find Capulet talking to Paris about marrying Juliet. If you recall, he and the two of them had this conversation before. And uh, with everything that has happened Capulet tells Paris that the moment isn't quite right because of Tybalt's murder and all of the grief that the family is enduring. But he says to give it just a couple days to allow the family to have their, their period of grief and the marriage will take place. And uh, he puts it just a few days away. Now, he has told Lady Capulet to go and prepare Juliet for this because this is something that is going to happen. And he wants Lady Capulet to go and to prepare Juliet for this. Now, also, if you remember, Friar Lawrence and the nurse, they are working with Romeo and Juliet so that they can be together. Uh, and I'm reading some of the side notes that say that 
in the Catholic tradition, if a marriage wasn't consummated, that it wasn't valid. Now, both Friar Lawrence and um, Romeo, you know, they all know that he is banished and he has to go away. But before he leaves, perhaps this is some of the motivation for that marriage to be consummated before he has to go off to never come back to the city again. Uh, but also in the meantime, you have Capulet and Lady Capulet working to get her to get Juliet married to Paris. So that's just a quick uh, overview of what happens in the very short scene four of Romeo and Juliet. Act three, scene five, enter Romeo and Juliet aloft. Juliet, wilt thou be gone? It is not yet near day. It was the nightingale and not the lark that pierced the fearful hollow of thine ear. Nightly she sings on yon pomegranate tree. Believe me, love, it was the nightingale. Romeo, it was the lark, the herald of the morn, no nightingale. Look, love, what envious streaks do lace the severing clouds in yonder east. Night's candles are burnt out, and Jocande strands tiptoe on the misty mountaintops. I must be gone and live or stay and die. Juliet, yon light is not daylight, I know it. I, it is some meteor that the sun exhales to be thee this night a torch-bearer, and light thee on thy way to Mantua. Therefore stay yet, thou needst not to be gone. Romeo, let me be taken, let me be put to death. I am content, so thou wilt have it so. I'll say yon gray is not the morning's eye, tis but the pale reflex of Cynthia's brow, nor that is of the lark, whose notes do beat the vaulty heaven so high above our heads. I have more care to stay than will go. Come, death, and welcome. Juliet wills it so. How is my soul? Let's talk. It is not day. Juliet. It is. It is. Hi, hence, be gone away. It is the lark that sings so out of tune, straining harsh discords and unpleasing sharps. Some say the lark makes sweet division. This doth not so, for she divideth us. Some say the lark and loathed toad change eyes. Oh, now I would they had changed voices too, since arm from arm that voice doth us affray, hunting thee hence with hunts up for the day. Oh, now be gone, more light and light it grows. Romeo, more light and light, more dark and dark are woes. Enter nurse. Nurse. Madam. Juliet. Nurse. Nurse. Your lady mother is coming to your chamber. The day is broke. Be wary. Look about. Exit nurse. Juliet. Then window. Let day in and let life out. Romeo. Farewell. Farewell, one kiss and I'll descend. Kiss. Romeo goes down. Juliet. Art thou gone so, love, lord? I, husband, friend, I must hear from thee every day in the hour, for in a minute there are many days. Oh, by this count I shall be much in years ere I again behold my Romeo. Romeo. Farewell. I will omit no opportunity that may convey my greetings, love to thee. Juliet, oh, thinkest thou we shall ever meet again? Romeo, 
I doubt it not, and all these woes shall serve for sweet discourses in our time to come. Juliet, oh, God, I have an ill-divining soul. Methinks I see thee now, thou art so low as one dead in the bottom of a tomb. Either my eyesight fails, or thou lookest pale. Romeo, and trust me, love, in my eye, so do you. Dry sorrow bring, drinks our blood. Adieu, adieu. Exit Romeo. Juliet, O oh, fortune, fortune, all men call thee fickle. If thou art fickle, what dost thou with him that is renowned for faith? Be fickle, fortune, for then I hope thou wilt not keep him long, but send him back. Lady Capulet, from within. Ho, oh, daughter, are you up? Juliet, who is that calls? Is it my lady mother? Is she not down so late or up so early? What unaccustomed cause procures her hither? Enter Lady Capulet. Lady Capulet. Why, how now, Juliet? Juliet. Madam, I am not well. Lady Capulet. Evermore weeping for your cousin's death? What, wilt thou wash him from his grave with tears? And if thou couldst, thou couldst not make him live. Therefore, have done. Some grief shows much of love, but much of grief shows still some want of wit. Juliet, you let me weep for such feeling, for such a feeling loss. Lady Capulet, so shall you feel the loss, but not the friend which you weep for. Juliet, feeling so the loss cannot choose, but ever weep the friend. Lady Capulet, well, girl, thou weepest not so much for his death, as that the villain lives which slaughtered him. Juliet. What villain, madam? Lady Capulet. That same villain, Romeo. Juliet, aside. Villain, and he, and he may be miles asunder. To Lady Capulet. God pardon him, I do with all my heart, and yet no man like he doth grieve my heart. Lady Capulet. That is because the traitor murderer lives. Juliet, I, madam, from the reach of these my hands, would none but I might venge my cousin's death. Lady Capulet, we will have vengeance for it, fear thou not. Then weep no more. I'll send to one in Mantua, where that same banished runagate doth live, shall give him such an unaccustomed dram that he shall soon keep Tybalt company, and then, I hope, thou wilt be satisfied. Juliet, Indeed, I never shall be satisfied with Romeo till I behold him, dead. Is my poor heart for a kinsman vexed? Madam, if you could find out but a man to bear a poison, I would temper it, that Romeo should, upon receipt thereof, soon sleep in quiet. Oh, how my heart abhors to hear him named, and cannot come to him, to wreak the love I bore my cousin upon his body that slaughtered him. Lady Capulet Find thou the means, and I'll find such a man. But now, I'll tell thee of joyful things, girl, of joyful tidings, girl. Juliet, and joy comes well in such a needy time. What are they, beseech your ladyship? Lady Capulet, well, well, thou, thou hast a careful father, child, one who, to put thee from thy heaviness, hath sorted out a certain, a sudden day of joy that thou accepts not, nor I look not for. Juliet. Madam, in happy time, what day is that? 
Lady Capulet, marry my child early next Thursday morn, the gallant young and noble gentleman, the county Paris at St. Peter's Church, shall happily make thee there a joyful bride. Juliet, now by St. Peter's Church and Peter too, he shall not make there a joyful bride. I wonder at this haste that I must wed ere he that should be husband comes to woo. I pray you, tell my lord and father, madam, I will not marry yet, and when I do, I swear it shall be Romeo, whom you know I hate, rather than Paris. These are these are news indeed. Lady Capulet, here comes your father. Tell him so yourself, and see how he will take it at your hands. Enter Capulet and Nurse. Capulet. When the sun sets, the air doth drizzle dew, but for the sunset of my brother's son, it rains downright. How now, a conduit, girl? What, still in tears, evermore showering? And one little body thou, thou counterfeitst a bark, a bark, a sea, a wind, for still thine eyes, which I may call the sea, do ebb and flow with tears. Thy bark, the bark thy body is, sailing in the salt flood, the winds, thy sighs who, raging with thy tears, and they with them, without a sudden calm, will overset thy tempest-tossed body. How now, wife, have you delivered to her our decree? Lady Capulet, I, sir, but she will none. She gives you thanks. I would the fool were married to her grave. Capulet, soft, take me with you. Take me with you, wife. How will she none? Doth she not give us thanks? Is she not proud? Doth she not count her blessed unworthy, count her blessed unworthy as she is, that we have wrought so worthy a gentleman to be her bride? Juliet, not proud you have, but thankful that you have. Proud can I never be of what I hate, but thankful even for hate that is meant love. Capulet, how, how, how? Chopped logic, what is this? Proud, and I thank you, and I thank you not, and yet not proud. Mistress Minion, you. Thank me no thankings, nor proud me nor prouds, but fettle your fine joints against Thursday next to go with Paris to St. Peter's Church, or I will drag thee on a hurdle thither. Out, you green sickness carrion, out, you baggage, you tallow face. Lady Capulet. Fee, fee, what, are you mad? Juliet. Good father, I beseech you on my knees. Hear me with patience, but to speak a word. Capulet, hang thee, young, bag young baggage. Disobedient wretch, I tell thee what. Get thee to church o' Thursday, or ne'er look after me in the face. Speak not, reply not, do not answer me. My fingers itch. Wife, we scarce thought us blessed that God had lent us but this only child, but now I see that this one is too much, and that we have a curse in having her. Out on her. Hight Hilding. Nurse. God in heaven bless her. You are to blame, my lord, to rate her so. Capulet. And why, my lady wisdom, hold your tongue. Good prudence. Smarter with your gossips go. Nurse. I speak no treason. Capulet. Oh, God, I... Good Ian. Nurse, may not one speak? Capulet. Peace, you fumbling fool. Utter your gravity or a gossip's bowl, for here we need it not. Lady Capulet. You are too hot. Capulet. God's bread. It makes me mad. Day, night, hour, tide. 
time, work, play, alone and company, still my care hath been to have her matched, and having her and having now provided a gentleman of noble parentage, of fair demences, youthful and nobly trained, stuffed, as they say, with honorable parts, proportioned as one thought would wish a man, and then to have a wretched puling fool, a whining mammon in her fortunes tender to answer, I'll not wed. I cannot love. I am too young. I pray you, pardon me. But, and you will graze where you will. You will not house with me. Look to it. Think on it. I do not use to jest. Late Thursday is near. Lay hand on heart. Advise. And you be mine. I'll give you to my friend. And you be not Hang, beg, starve, die in the streets, for by my soul I'll never acknowledge thee, nor what is mine shall never do thee good. Trust to trust it, bethink you, I'll not be forsworn. Exit Capulet. Juliet. Is there no pity sitting in the clouds that sees into the bottom of my grief? Oh, sweet my mother, cast me not away. Delay this marriage for a month, a week, or if you do not, Make the bridal bed in that dim monument where Tybalt lies. Lady Capulet, talk not to me, for I'll not speak a word. Do as thou wilt, for I have done with thee. Exit Lady Capulet. Juliet, O God, O nurse, how shall this be prevented? My husband is on earth, my faith in heaven. How shall that faith return again to earth unless that husband send it to me from heaven by leaving earth? Comfort me, counsel me, alack, alack that heaven should practice stratagems upon so soft a subject as myself. What sayest thou? Hast thou not a word of joy? Some comfort, nurse? Nurse, faith, here it is. Romeo is banished, and all the world to nothing that he dares ne'er come back to challenge you. Or if he do, it needs must be by stealth. Then since the case so stands as it now doth, I think it best you married with the county. Oh, he's a lovely gentleman. Romeo's a disclout to him. An eagle, madman, hath not so green, so quick, so fair an eye as Paris, as Paris hath. Be shrew, my very heart, I think you are happy in the second match, for it excels your first. Or if it did not, your first is dead, or twere as good as twere as good he were as living here, and you no use of him. Juliet, speakest thou from thy heart, nurse, and from my soul too, else beshrew them both. Juliet, amen. Nurse, what? Well, thou hast comforted me marvelous much. Go in, and tell my lady I am gone having displeased my father to Lawrence's cell to make confession and to be absolved. Nurse, Mary, I will, and this is wisely done. Exit, nurse. Juliet, ancient damnation, O most wicked fiend, it is more sin to wish me thus forsworn, or to dispraise my lord with that same tongue which she hath praised him with above compare so many thousand times. Go, counselor, Thou and my bosom henceforth shall be twain. I'll go out to the friar to know his remedy. If all else fail, myself have power to die. This is the final scene in Act 3, Scene 5, 
And Romeo and Juliet have had their night together and they're finding it difficult to say goodbye, but they know they have to say goodbye because Romeo just absolutely cannot be caught in Verona. In any case, they finally say goodbye when Lady Capulet knocks on Juliet's door and she comes in and she tells her this wonderful news that they have arranged for her to marry Paris. And just a few days, they have made this arrangement and this is something that's going to happen. But Juliet, she, she can't have that. She's already married. And she says that this is not really something that she wants to do. And the mother is encouraging her that this is the right thing, that he is handsome, that he is rich, and this is just a good thing for Juliet to do. So she says, well, can we put it off for a while? Can we just delay it a bit? And the mother gets a bit annoyed. No, it can't be put off. And then Capulet comes in and he basically blows up. He doesn't want to hear any of Juliet's um he doesn't want to hear anything that she has to say against this because this is something that he wants her to do. And she talks back a little bit and she just asks, you know, if we can hold it off, I really don't want to do this because of course she knows she's already married and her marriage has already been consummated and she cannot marry this Paris. Well, her father doesn't know any of that. So he says, if you don't do what I say, I will kick you out on the street. I will disinherit you. You will have to starve on the street and beg for your food and all of this. And he just storms off because his word is law and this is what he wants her to do. So she tries to appeal to her mother and the mom is like, nope, I agree with him. You must do this. So then there's the nurse. Now the nurse knows all about Romeo and she knows all about the marriage and Friar Lawrence and all of that. But she still thinks that, oh, this thing with Paris might not be such a bad idea. The Juliet kind of reminds her, well, you know, I'm already married and this would be a sin if I marry Paris. So uh, she finds that the nurse is no longer on her side. So she feels that she has one more hope, and that is to go to Friar Lawrence. And there you have a recap of scene five on act three. And this concludes Act 3 of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Thanks so much for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. Please see the episode details for how to subscribe to the podcast and or how to make a small contribution. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.